In today's broadcast, we will be covering the subject, Why God Accepted Jesus as the Perfect Sacrifice. Let's go. Hello, everybody. I greet you all in the wonderful name of Jesus. My name is Sibusiso. I am your host of the weekly Bible teaching. In today's subject, before we get into it, I'd like to first encourage you to kindly subscribe, hit the like button, and also drop your comments right at the section below. All right, all right, let's just get straight into it. The first reason that I believe that Jesus qualifies to be the perfect sacrifice to God is the fact that sin was not found in him. As we all know, sin entered through one man, and that man is Adam at the Garden of Eden. It was through the serpent that beguiled him and Eve that sin entered the world. And the Bible teaches us that the first Adam was a living soul, but the last Adam is a life-giving spirit. The last Adam that is being spoken of here represents or speaks of Jesus. Jesus was sinless in that even from the way he was conceived, he was not conceived because a man and a woman came together, but his conception was holy and divine. He is what you call the child of the Holy Spirit. Definitely, he qualifies as a savior and as a perfect sacrifice to God in that in order to save humans who are in sin, it needed somebody who is sinless to draw us out of the mire of sin. Another aspect I would like us to talk about today is the fact that Jesus Christ himself took upon himself our sin. Not that he was a sinner, but he took upon himself the sin of the entire world. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 5, the Bible says, And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. And again, another parallel scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is where we see the grace of God at work in which there's a, a divine exchange where the Lord Jesus takes our sin upon himself and in exchange gives us his nature, his righteousness as a gift when we believe and receive him as our personal Lord and Savior. So righteousness is a nature that he imparts to us when he takes the sin of the world upon himself. What I want to emphasize to us today is that the iniquities, the sins, and transgressions of the entire world had to be carried right on Jesus, on top of him. That is why the book of Isaiah says that he has borne our iniquities upon himself. One such character in the Bible that makes this very clear is the apostle Peter. Peter echoes the very same words of the prophet Isaiah in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, when he says that he himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his own body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we also have been healed. So Jesus' sinless nature qualifies him, in my view, and according to your view, I believe, to be the perfect sacrifice. As we go on further, I just want to bring about a story 
that I believe all of us are aware of. Back in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus chapter 16, what used to happen was whenever God wanted to remove the sins of the people, he would tell the high priest by the name of Aaron to take a goat. That particular goat was referred to as the scapegoat. The scapegoat was a type of a goat that used to be taken and the high priest would place his hands upon the head of this goat and he would confess all the sins of the nation, all the evil of the nation, all the transgressions of the nation, and all the iniquities of the people would be conferred and transferred upon the head of the scapegoat. We find this in Leviticus chapter 16 verse 21 to 22, which reads, Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhabited land and it shall release the goat in the wilderness." The story of the scapegoat is a typology of what was to happen in the New Testament. The scapegoat represented Christ Jesus, our Lord, who was going to be our own, our very own scapegoat. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Meaning all of us, whether you are black, you're white, you're Indian, of any nationality, we all have sinned. And we all have fallen short of the glory of God. And we've all missed it because the word sin is hamatia, which means to miss the mark. All of us have missed the mark. And the person now who God has chosen to be that scapegoat to bear our sins is Jesus. Jesus bore our sins upon himself on the cross. And if you study a little bit further, you will notice in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 12 that the writer tells us there saying, Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside of the gate. What does this mean? It means just like the scapegoat in the Old Testament was driven outside into the wilderness, an uninhabited place, Jesus was also crucified outside of the gate. He was crucified at a place called the place of the skull, known as Golgotha. And according to the biblical account, this was done so that our sins may be, so that our sins be forgiven and that we might be sanctified through his blood. The second qualification that I would like to propose to all of us today that qualifies Jesus as the perfect sacrifice is that he's also referred to as the chosen Lamb of God. The Bible says in the book of Revelations that Jesus is the Lamb of God that was crucified for us before the foundations of the earth. What does this mean? It means before Adam and Eve entered into sin, the plan of redemption was already in place because God knows the end from the beginning. He knew ahead of time what Satan would want to achieve. That Satan would want to cause God's people to be, to be removed and to be taken away from him. So God already made the plan. If I go back to the scriptures, the book of John chapter 1 verse 29 shows us something that 
John the Baptist did that. John chapter 1 verse 29 says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him to the river Jordan and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist did not mince his words when he prophetically announced the new dispensation of the kingdom. If you remember, John's message was repent, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. John is referred to as the voice crying out in the wilderness. And John was a a preparer of the way for our Lord and Savior Jesus. He was crying out, preparing the way for the master. So what, G, what John was doing was he was pointing the people away from the old covenant system of animal sacrifices. As you would remember, the scripture says that the law and the prophets were until John. This means that after John, the law and the prophetic system of the olden day time was no longer applicable. This means even the way of, of, of forgiving of sins and atonements was, was going to be put to an end. Why? Because all those animal sacrifices could not deal with the issue of sin. They, they could only just atone for a moment, cover the sin of the people for a moment, but it was not a permanent solution. That is why God had to bring his very own lamb. Because what we do know is that the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of bulls and goats. When Jesus went to die on the cross, the Bible says he entered heaven itself, not by means of the blood of bulls and goats, but he entered by his own very own blood, having obtained eternal redemption for us. What am I trying to say, my brothers and sisters? John the Baptist was pointing people to the master. He was saying, now look at the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Saying that the perfect sinless sacrifice that will remove and deal away with the issue of sin is Jesus. He pointed people to the master, the Lamb of God. And I want to just zoom in and talk about the qualifications of the lamb for the sacrifice under the old covenant. The first qualification is that the lamb had to be a male firstborn without blemish or any fault. Let's deal with the issue of a blemish. When we speak of blemishes, we are talking about issues like an eye being removed from the animal or a broken leg or the animal not being able to walk properly. According to the scriptures in the book of Leviticus chapter 22 verse 20, whatever has a defect, you shall not offer unto the Lord, for it shall not be acceptable on your behalf. In the very same way, you could not have offered anything with an eye that's gouged out, or with a leg that is broken before God, because God would not receive it. Again, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 5, the Bible says that your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. I want to emphasize the point, a male of the first year. It was very crucial that the lamb that was to be sacrificed for the sins of the people to be atoned for had to be a male of the first year. It could be taken from either sheep or from goats, but it had to be a male of the first year. Male of the first year means that it had to be a firstborn male. 
And what about Jesus? The Bible says Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. Jesus is the first begotten son of the Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. My brothers and sisters, Jesus did not have any fault or blemish in him. That is why his blood is perfect to be a sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, the Bible says we were purchased not with corruptible things like gold or silver, but with the precious, blemishless blood of Jesus as of a lamb without spot. There was no spot found in Jesus, no speck found in Jesus, no imperfection with Jesus. He is perfect in all of his ways. If you still remember, in the book of John chapter 19, the Bible tells us when Jesus was about to be taken to the cross, Pilate asked the people, whom shall I release? Barabbas, the murderer, or Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews? The people made their choice and said, release Barabbas for us, but crucify Jesus. It was because the people had false accusations against the Lord, which they could not corroborate. Some said he's a blasphemer. Some said he is um, calling himself God. He's making himself equal with God. They said all sorts of things which they could not prove against him. The case had to be escalated to Pilate. And Pilate had to adjudicate and look at all the evidences that were presented before him. In all of his analysis, the Bible tells us Pilate one day went back home to his house. And that particular night, his wife had a dream. In that dream, the Lord God Almighty appeared to the wife of Pilate and told Pilate's wife that Pilate should have nothing to do with Jesus of Nazareth, for he was an innocent man. That very morning, the woman told her husband that have nothing to do with this man because the dream ahead of him was very scary. So on the day Jesus was to be crucified, it so happened that Pilate went to deliver the verdict. But his verdict was not really um, going to help Jesus to escape. All he did was he just washed his hands and according to John 19 verse 4, he said, Behold, I'm bringing him to you that you may know that I find no fault in him. Why? Because the lamb was to be faultless. The perfect sacrifice had to come from a faultless lamb. So even Pilate proves that Jesus was faultless. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to Jesus. Having said that, I want to also tell you that Jesus is our own Passover lamb. If you remember the story of the children of Israel walking out of Egypt on the night of the killing of the firstborns in Egypt, the Bible says that God gave an instruction to Moses and Aaron and said, tonight I will be sending an angel of destruction in order for my people to be saved from the coming destruction, slaughter a lamb and take the blood of the lamb and smear it on the, door, on the lintels of the doorposts of their houses. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. It so happened that very same night that the angel of destruction began killing the Egyptian firstborns. But on all the houses of the children of Israel, there was salvation. 
all of them were delivered from that destruction. In the very same way, Jesus is our own Passover lamb. When circumstances, when demons, when principalities, when sicknesses, when diseases, when evil powers see the blood on us, they pass over us. Because the blood of Jesus has caused us to overcome. We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Oh, hallelujah. So Jesus is our Passover Lamb. So one of the qualifications of the Passover Lamb was that it must not be broken. Its bones must never be broken for it to be acceptable before God. I'll read for you a scripture in the book of Numbers, chapter 9, verse 12. The Bible says, They shall leave none of it until morning, nor break one of its bones. According to all the ordinances of the Passover, they shall keep it. So in the same manner, while on the cross, the Bible tells us a story. In John chapter 19, verse 32 to verse 33, that the soldiers came and broke the legs of the two thieves that were just crucified next to Jesus, the one on the right and the one on the left. They broke the legs of the first and the second. And then when they came to Jesus, wanting to do the same thing, wanting to break his bones, they discovered that he had already been dead and they did not break his legs. This was not by accident. It was because already in Psalms 34, it was prophesied. That God will guard all of his bones. None of them shall be broken. God knew that Satan would try to tamper with the plan of salvation. By breaking the bones of Jesus. In order to make him an unacceptable sacrifice. But God knew this before time. And so God protected that plan. In order to ensure that the sins of the world be forgiven by Jesus. What am I trying to say my brothers and sisters? With all these qualifications, Jesus is Savior. Jesus is Redeemer. Jesus is the one who ransoms us. He also translates us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Therefore, that's why we can trust Him. That's why we can lean on Him. That's why we can call upon Him in the day of trouble and He will deliver us. That is why His blood is the most precious blood ever on the face of the earth and in the heavens and in everywhere in the universe, Jesus' blood carries power. You can depend on Jesus. You can approach him and say, Lord, I need your salvation. I need your grace. I need your deliverance. Wherever you are, you can call upon him in the day of trouble and he will answer you. Why? He is the perfect sacrifice. Therefore, God was pleased that he should bruise him. Why? Because he knew that through Jesus dying on the cross, many sons, many sons will be born. You and I today, we have come to know God because of the sinless, perfect sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. What am I trying to say to us today? That Jesus is all that we need. God bless you.